Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Constructional Approach to Animal Welfare and Training Podcast. We are your host. I am Masa. Hello, everybody, and I'm Sean. We hope that you're cuddled up with your animal companions and ready for this exciting episode. Before we begin, we have a couple of announcements. The registration for the Constructional Approach to Animal Welfare and Training Conference is open. Yes, so please join us at our website, caawt.com, for more information about the conference. You can also find abstracts for the talks and register for the conference there. And we hope to see you all there soon. That's right. And we also opened the registration for the Constructional Affection Group class. We did, and this is going to be a really fun group class where you guys will be able to build your own programs based on constructional affection and get feedback and support from us all along the way. And also, please don't forget about our COUT membership program. If you join our premium tier levels, you can actually get half off to both the conference and to all of the group classes that we put on. And it's also a great place for anyone that's interested in learning more about the constructional approach and also being a part of an amazing constructional community. So please、uh, join us there and we look forward to connecting further. But today we have an extremely special episode. That's right! We are going to have three amazing guests that happen to be three dogs that we worked with in the shelter Ryder, Carmel, and Shelby. And since they don't have voices of their own, we will be their voices as we share their story with you all. So please enjoy today's episode. So, like Sean mentioned, we will be sharing the stories of three dogs that we work at the local Humane Society. And Ryder was the first dog that we will be sharing. And this is very special for me because this is the very first time for me to volunteering at the animal shelter. And Ryder was the very first dog I get to work with to help him learn how to interact with people to get adopted. Yeah, and, and Ryder was a really special dog.、Um, you know, at, at this shelter where, where we both volunteer. We, we are often given, you know, given these lists of dogs that you know, they, they find that could you know, benefit from a little bit of extra training and you know, help to find out how to contact reinforcers in this new, unusual environment for them and behaviors that help get them adopted. And、um, when we went to the, to, the, to the housing area where the dogs' enclosures are and we, we met Ryder for the first time, it was. It was pretty obvious why, why he was singled out you know, for extra training. And you know, he was a large dog. He was probably like in the neighborhood of you know, 50, 55 pounds. He's a, you know, some kind of boxer, you know, terrier mix dog and pretty big. And so when dogs are doing these kinds of behaviors, it can be you know, off putting for a lot, of, you know, a lot of people potentially looking to take home a new, a new family member. That's right. So, whenever Ryder sees people or s e e us, he will go bananas. He will be jumping frantically and he will show in teeth to get a close look at the people. And he was also barking pretty、yeah. excessively. And, and that teeth showing was actually one of the big reasons why he was actually singled out. They had told us, yes, he's very hyperactive, very jumpy. But they also said that he was showing his teeth, and like some of the volunteers and some of the staff, like there was a debate going on if this dog was aggressive.、Mm-hmm. And,、yeah. and in fact, I remember they were even telling us when we were first going to visit him, they were saying that a potential adopter was actually interacting with him in the yard, and he started showing his teeth 
they assumed he was aggressive and didn't take him home because of that. Yeah. And, you know, Masa and I, we, we both have a really strong ingrained habit for our behavior inside shelters where we're working with, with these dogs. And, you know, these dogs, even if we've interacted with them a few times and we expect them to be friendly, we still do the same assessment behavior where we walk up to the doorway and we present our hands where the dogs can actually come sniff the hand, you know, through the doorway and we see how they interact with us there. And so we did that with Ryder and we first, you know, presented our hand through the doorway and he would come up doing this, you know, teeth thing. And, <laughs> you know, I'm like doing my face over here as if, yeah. as if you guys can see what I'm doing, but he, he would show his teeth, but it wasn't like in that way that it looks typically when a dog is baring their teeth, you know, cause they, they want you to go away like, right. you know, growling, no and, growling, and, yeah, doing it to make you go away. Yeah. yeah. There was absolutely no growling right. in Ryder. And his teeth showing was unusual too because his his lips just weren't like in the same position that, that a dog whose aggressive <laughs> lips are when they're baring their teeth. And so we don't know if this was some kind of, you know, behavior, maybe his previous humans that he was around maybe tried to like shape him to smile or mm-hmm. something like that. I don't, I don't know. But when we did our assessment, it, it definitely seemed to be that his behavior was maintained by attention. That's right. That's right. And, and so that became, you know, part of our thing that we were looking at with Ryder was teaching him different ways to ask for behavior because, you know, these dogs in these shelters, and we're going to be getting to Carmel and Shelby here in just a moment, but, you know, the bulk of these dogs that end up in shelters, they're, they're needing to do behaviors that tell people that this is going to be a, a really good family member to take home. Everybody kind of dreams about having that experience where like you go to a shelter and you see these dogs and they're barking and jumping and being noisy. And, and when you go to that enclosure, when you go to meet this one dog, like they sit there and look at you and it's like, they picked me. I love this dog. And that's the kind of behaviors that we should really be aiming to teach these dogs in shelters when they're jumping frantically like Ryder, Mm -hmm. when they're Bearing their teeth because for some reason in their past, that was something maybe people, you know, put a lot of attention or praise or maybe even rewards onto. Um, but those behaviors might tell other people, hey, this dog shouldn't come home with me. That's right. Like this person that Ryder was literally trying to tell, hey, I really want you to come love on me and scratch my butt. They're thinking this dog is telling me he doesn't want me around him. And so we want to make sure that we teach dogs behaviors that are more universally accepted by, by everybody. Like some people might want that dog that jumps all over them whenever they, you know, meet them. But most people aren't going to likely find that behavior is very enjoyable. And, and even, you know, some person that might like it when the dog jumps on them, if they happen to have kids, they might not really like that dog jumping on their children. And so we want to make sure that just in general, we teach behaviors that maximize the dog's abilities to contact reinforcement wherever they're at. And so we want to teach like those most universally accepted behaviors. And although one or two people here and there might want a dog that jumps on them, I would bet that same person also enjoys a dog that approaches them and sits in front of them. That's right. And so we want to teach these dogs. They're on a job audition here. They're in a job interview and they need to show these people that these dogs are ready for their love, ready to go home with them and have an amazing life together. 
And so we started training with Ryder. That's right. So after the assessment, uh, we knew that we have to be teaching those commonly acceptable and desirable behavior that can maximize uh, love and affection for dog and also mm-hmm. for people. And so we went to the enclosure of the writer is in, and then we start working with him, how teaching him how to ask for and receive affection. Yeah. And boy, that point too, that, that sounds so simple, you know, we're yeah, going to teach this, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's, it's so critical and such an overlooked piece when People in general are, are thinking about, you know, using affection mm-hmm. as, as yeah. something to, to shape and, and build behavior. And the procedure that we used with Ryder that we're going to talk kind of loosely about in today's episode, because we want to get to the story of these other dogs mm-hmm. while we have time. Um, the procedure is constructional affection. And, and like we said in the beginning, if you want to actually know how to build these programs, please join that group class that we have coming up soon. But the idea is... Um, that dogs, although they might be liking affection, they might be seeking it out, they, especially in shelters, maybe don't know how to actually access it, which That's is right. a problem. You know, when we think about the pigeons and the rats that were in the Skinner boxes, um, where behavior analysis, where the concepts and principles were first being explored and discovered by B.F. Skinner, he never just put the pigeon or or the rat inside the box and expected them to know how to get the food and where the food was coming from and or what to do to get the food. He actually, if you go back and read the papers about the Skinner box and how he used them, he actually taught every single animal in there where to go get that food, where it was going to be coming from and the cues that were predicting that it was coming which was where the root of even clicker training came from. It was in the Skinner box, the sound of this magazine opening up and there's the bird food or the little pellets for the rats to eat. And that sound is basically what became a conditioned reinforcer and sparked this idea that kind of went into clicker training. And so you needed to teach the rats. You needed to teach the birds how to get access to that reinforcer before we could start using that food to actually shape behavior in them. And it's the same thing with our affection. We can't just expect the dogs to know how to get it, what to do while getting it, or how to ask for it. That's right. And so we use constructional affection to teach those behaviors to these dogs. That's right. And with Ryder, you know, Masa was saying that we went into the enclosure and and we got him, you know, fairly quickly, I would say. Yeah, he was very quick. Yeah. He wanted it. And, and and we got video of this. We got video of, of, I think, all three of these dogs that we're talking about today. But we'll we'll try and get some of those up, you know, here pretty soon. And so keep an eye out on our website and on our YouTube channel and Facebook if you guys would like to see the video of these situations that we're talking about. But I want to say, Ryder, when I first entered his enclosure, correct me if I'm wrong. It was you, John. Well, you, well you I'm, got- not, I'm not saying it wasn't me. I'm saying correct me if I'm wrong about the situation I'm going to be uh. explaining. And so Ryder was jumping all over me when I went in there doing his, doing his thing. He was even actually, I want to say, he even like jaw popped at me a couple of times while he was jumping, kind of like those marine mammals <laughs> do. <laughs> but um, So he was jumping up and down, kind of going bananas. I want to say that within a couple of minutes using constructional affection, using conjugate reinforcement schedule to deliver my affection to him. I want to say it was a couple of minutes before I had Ryder on all fours, maybe even getting into a sit. I want to say it was a couple of minutes. 
And what we did from there is we knew that Ryder now, when I'm standing near him and I'm petting him, that he was engaging in the behaviors that we wanted. Behaviors that if someone came up to the enclosure and saw Ryder doing, they would say, oh, that dog is picking me. He wants me to give him some belly tickles. I want to love up this dog and get to know him. And so, but the thing is, is that whenever I would leave Ryder still or go outside the enclosure, he's going to go back to being bananas. So we have to implement a procedure to take that good behavior while I'm petting him and get that to also occur when I'm outside the enclosure coming into the doorway. That's right. That's key. That is. And we have a specific procedure for that. That's right, yeah. So that's the second step of the construction of affection, which we will talk really deep in the group class. But basically, Sean got to the point that when he is petting really nicely, Ryder is in the bed, sitting, looking up at him and smiling. And he would then take hands just a couple inches and immediately go back. And that's then right. pet. I, I stop petting for yeah, just a split petting. second and bring my hands right back. That's right. And then we do that a couple of times, a repetition, and then he can then move a little bit more seconds away from the, the rider and then return to rider and pet. And, and we do this and, you know, we like to build up that time first where I can be right in front of rider, petting him, taking my hands off and, and going right back to him. And I'll stay at that distance right in front of him, taking my hands off so I can build up that time that my hands are off. To where maybe I can pet him, take my hands off for 10, 15 seconds, and then go back to him and pet him. And at that point, when he's solid, being able to stay in front of me while my hands are off of him, I'll then take like a half step back and go right back to him. I don't take a half step back and stay 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. I just literally step back. And as soon as my foot touches the back, I'm already moving back forward to go pet him again. And then I'll build up the time that my foot is back in that half step position. And so we always like to build a solid duration, a solid amount of time that the behavior can happen in this frame before increasing that criteria by moving further away from them. That's right. But you nailed that description. We, we basically go all the way out the door. That's right. All the way out the door. And then you get to the point that you can leave the enclosure and then, you know, stay there for a couple of minutes and then come back to Ryder. And Ryder was doing amazing behaviors to greet you inside. Yeah. Like yeah. invite you to the enclosure by doing those behavior you taught. Yeah. He had like a, like a deflated football that he was playing with in there. And like, whenever we come up to the door, he would pick up the football and run to his bed and sit there like <laughs> holding it. Like, yeah. come on, <laughs> yeah, come on and give me love. But a, a good question that we often get, when we're talking about this approach that we use in shelters is they talk about how, what we need to do to get this to start automatically happening to other people. That's right. So I got to do it. I'm the second person I got to do it. And when I went to the enclosure, he was jumping a little bit, but he, now that he is practicing those behavior that he learned from Sean and then receive affection from me. And then I got to do the affection loop and that record that, that was very short time then. That's basically what I wanted to say. Like Sean took about like 10 minutes and I got to do it in five minutes. So that was yeah. beautiful. Like I was so impressed with how Ryder was practicing those behavior. And also when we were doing this session, uh, there was a fantastic shelter staff that is so really careful Ryder. 
and then she wanted Ryder to be adopted. And then she was kind of peeking in in between her shelter work and then she was also asking us what we were doing and stuff like that. And then we explained to her that whenever that writer is doing this amazing behavior, if you have time, you can give affection, you can praise him. And then the behavior got that in this way, writer can practice this behavior in different people so that it's successful for the future. So these behaviors that we teach, you know, they, they benefit you know, more than just the dog themselves directly. They, they also benefit the shelter staff because it makes their job easier. It benefits the people that are coming to visit the dog because they get a more clear picture of, you know, the good behaviors that these dogs do that they can immediately start to reward and, and try to make happen more whenever they're taking them home or doing their other activities with them. And so when the shelter staff often see these behaviors in these dogs where the Dog was previously trying to bolt out the door, jumping all over the place, knocking into them. It makes changing the water, changing their food, the bedding, letting them out for walks, it makes all of that stuff more challenging. And so as this staff person in particular saw Ryder's behavior change, they were really curious. I remember yeah. them coming up to us and saying, oh my God, did you see that he just took that ball over to his bed when you came in? How did you do that? And so they became really interested in this procedure all of a sudden, knowing that it was something that we did so quickly that just 15 minutes earlier, this was a different dog. That's right. And seeing that you could get this kind of an impact so quickly really started to get the staff people around there really interested in what we were doing and wanting to learn a little bit about it too, which is a beautiful way to kind of create that culture of people that are really well-skilled and equipped to be able to help these dogs learn behaviors that will not only help them get adopted, but make everyone's lives easier and more enjoyable to be around inside that building in general. So that's a really cool thing that happened there. But one other interesting thing that Masa was touching on is this idea about how that behavior can even be maintained over a larger group of people. And one thing that we like to do in the shelters that we get associated with is we like to have a little sticker that we put on the enclosures of the dogs that have had at least constructional affection with a couple of people. And what that sticker will tell the staff people there is that that dog's received constructional affection and any time that you happen to be going by and, and you happen to see them behaving properly or behaving in a desirable way inside that enclosure, that if your hands are full, just say, oh, good job, biscuits. I see you over there being good and go continue on with your day. But if you have time, Go ahead and give them a, you know, a tickle on the nose through the door or maybe open up the enclosure and go in there and give them a pat on the head and a belly tickle for a while and then leave. But the idea is, is that whenever we see them engaged in this desirable behavior, that we also just sprinkle a little bit of reinforcement anytime that we actually can. And so that process really helps to maintain this behavior. That's right. And really, after like within a couple of weeks, Ryder got adopted. Yes. <laughs> and when we hear that, it was so great. We were, we were so generous of the shelter staff who actually sent us that email. I could not stop crying. Yeah. I was so, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm going to cry now. Like I'm getting <laughs> emotional, but I'm so emotional and special for me that the thing that we did benefited Ryder and the future family and the fact that the Ryder is in a comfortable couch receiving lots of love from a new family right. 
yeah, thinking now too, it's it's very very emotional. Special. It's a special thing, very yeah. special thing, especially yeah. being that that was the the first dog that you actually directly yeah. helped and taught how to have that new relationship with that family, right. yeah. which was a really cool thing because he was also happened to be you know in the shelter for a really long time exactly. at that point. Yeah. It was at least a handful of months that he had been there, mm-hmm. and so it was a wonderful thing to help him learn behaviors that would help him to be able to communicate with these humans that he was going to be going home with how to ask for and receive something that he actually wanted and needed so bad which was love from people and that's the cool thing about Ryder he was the dog that was going to kind of fit our mold as as like that hyperactive dog that's learned some unusual behaviors to get attention from people and this was the approach that we helped him with Carmel was a little bit different (laughs) Carmel Um, my gosh, she was a cute dog. And you'll see in the video that we have of her too, like she, she was a puppy still. So she was a smaller dog and she was like some kind of chocolate lab mixed something else. And, and she was so small that when she was standing up in the doorway, you'd just see her face (laughs) over this like blinder that they have on the bottom half of the door. So it's adorable when you come out there and you see that just little face crammed in the corner, you know, trying to look at you. Yeah. Really sweet puppy. But Carmel was a puppy and she did puppy things. She mouthed a lot. She jumped a lot. She was barky. She scratchy. Yeah, very scratchy. And my gosh, you know, as everybody knows that's ever been around a puppy i mean they're adorable but they got those puppy nails and those puppy teeth and they just sharp they are so oh sharp my. it's like a cat i mean yeah <laughs> and and so carmel was you know she had the trifecta jumpy scratchy bitey um you know all of the above and and none of it was out of aggression it was all puppy excitement she yeah. was just ready to romp ready to play and this is how she did and she got adopted out twice yep, and brought back twice. to the shelter twice. This is a no-kill shelter, so you don't really have to worry about constant, like if you come back three times, you're going to be euthanized. Um, the shelter took their time, but they also knew that these dogs, if they were getting returned, that there was something that needed to happen. We needed to teach these guys something to stop the cycle of adoption and return. And um, so you'll see in the video. Yeah, we do have the Carmel's uh, very first session of you, Sean, uh, with Carmel. And then you will be really amazed how much behavior Carmel can do in like one second. They were all over, like tornado. Yeah. yeah. And, and the interesting thing and the light that, that we should be seeing when we yeah. find ourselves with a, with a dog behaving in such a way is that they've we've we're, we're it's basically the dog's telling us that we have something they really, really, really want. And they are willing to go bananas to get it. And, and fortunately for us, what that thing is that they want is us. They want our attention. They want our interaction. And so when we can start to communicate really easily and effectively the how you get it and how you maximize it and get the most of it, they'll learn really quickly. That's right. You know, how to actually get access to that thing they want so bad. And you'll see it in this video. She goes from this Tasmanian devil <laughs> type creatures spinning around creating a dust storm inside the (laughs) enclosure but no just the rate of if you watch closely just try and look at the rate of times that i'm being nipped or the times i'm being jumped and scratched on um it's through the roof at first but 
I think the whole first video segment we have, I want to say it was like five to seven minutes. Mm. And by the end of that, the last couple of minutes of that video is Carmel sitting right next to me, tongue out, happy as can be, just sitting calmly while I'm loving on her. Yeah. And just like Ryder, that was the beginning. That was the first pebble that we dropped in her pond that created those ripples that are going to spread throughout. And just like we talked about with Ryder, she became really good with me. We swapped out with you. Yep. You helped teach her, oh, this other bipedial. I I can follow the same rules. I can control this bipedial and make it love me up just like the other one. That's right. And then when we get that third one, she's like, huh, do all bipedials work like this? And then luckily this person that was checking her out one day, I was hanging out with her in the yard. One thing we haven't discussed here is that doing these Doing constructional affection inside the shelter, it helps the staff, it, it helps the dog there too, and it helps to get a person to say, oh, I want to I get to know this dog better. But where most of the interaction happens, where the magic and the decision to adopt or not is going to happen is actually out in this play yard. Yeah, meet and greet area. Yes, yep. and so we take the dogs after we work with them in the enclosures, we like to take them out here to this yard where we teach them the same thing that when we're hanging out with humans out here, and we approach and sit or lie down that we get lots of good things. That's right. And so I take Carmel out there and I'm loving on her. And this fella comes up and he's like, oh, that's such a cute dog. You know, that's so beautiful. I think I was actually playing with her the other day and she got a little mouthy with me. And I was, and so I, I leashed her up so he could come into the yard and I spoke to them a little bit more. I said, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, um, she, I even told them she got adopted out and got brought back because she did a little bit of mouthing. And I've been helping her out with that. And I showed them how I was interacting with Carmel. The family, they took right to it. That's right. Beautiful. He was started interacting with her. Next thing you know, we're walking around the place together. She's hanging out with them. We take breaks sitting on the curb next to the walkways. And she's just sitting, lying down next to us and showing them how beautiful a life together could actually be that we could do this all the time together. We can have these nice walks. We can share this time loving up on each other and comforting each other. And that was exactly what promoted that family to adopt her. Exactly. So it was really nice to see them focusing on what Carmel great behavior that the Carmel is doing in front of them. And they are giving lots of affection And more than one person were commenting on how good Carmel is. And on that day, Carmel was adopted. And we got to see the whole adopting process. So, Yeah, it was nice to be able to be there to to say bye. You know, because we actually gave her a quick bath when they were filling out the (laughs) paperwork. And everybody in the shelter, like all the volunteers. Celebrating. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, it was was a big moment for everybody. And, and, And beautiful news on that, too is that um, she did get adopted. She, it's been a couple of months now, actually, yeah. since she was adopted. Um, she's been with this same family this whole time, and they've actually even been sending emails to the to the uh, shelter, letting them know how amazing this dog is, how happy they are, and how much of a wonderful decision that they knew it was to adopt that dog and bring her home. That's right. So wonderful, beautiful story with that one. So our third dog, Shelby, was a little bit different than Ryder and Carmel. She was shy and she was a little bit fearful. And when she was in the enclosure, whenever people approach her enclosure, she will be not moving. She will be staying away from people. 
Yeah. Yeah. She would move away and, and, and freeze in that spot. And so like whenever people were wanting to take her outside or or go potty, anything like that, they would actually have to, she would freeze and they would scoop her up and carry her to where she needed to be and, and pick her back up and carry her back to the enclosure. That's right. So, um, not only was she, you know, shy and, and a little bit fearful, but, you know, she was having to, you know, be flooded with it, mm-hmm. you know, so that her basic needs could be met because you can't just leave her in the enclosure all the time. I mean, that's, you know, not going to be good for so many reasons. Right. And so, you know, she was a great dog, you know, for us to be able to to help with. Oh, and, and a little bit too about Shelby is um, she was actually a rescued dog from Puerto Rico. And so I think one of the reasons, you know, that she was actually so fearful and and so unusual too around leashes, like she she would not move. Yeah, walk if you on put leash. A, le- a leash yeah. on her, she would actually just flounder to the ground immediately when mm-hmm. you put a leash on her. And I think it's because she was nobody's dog. She was a feral dog in Puerto Rico. You know, COVID and the hurricane happened, and it's been a disaster. You know, with stray dogs everywhere. So, um, our humane society in particular has been taking in dozens and dozens of these dogs you know every month and 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 she happened to be one of them and you know a a dog like Shelby you know she wasn't like actively trying to avoid people like like a real fearful dog she she wasn't shaking and like running as far away as possible she would see people and she would immediately try and just kind of walk away a little bit and she would just lay down and watch them and so there was some fear there, but it wasn't quite like extreme, like I, I often do see in shelters. So we still took a cat-like approach to this, a constructional aggression treatment type approach. And um, we, we do have film of this. Um, and the membership. On the, yes, it's on yeah, our membership Facebook page. Yep. And even the first half of the video or first half of the training that we did with Carmel, I believe, is already up on our membership page too and our Facebook group. And also YouTube channel. Yes, so so you guys can check those out there, but um, we'll finish Carmel's video and we'll put writers up too eventually. Yep. Um, but here with Shelby, uh, what we did in that video that you can see is I, I just kind of went into a yard with her. We had our play yard. It's this really, really big fenced-in yard. And I just sat on the ground. Exactly. I let her off leash and she immediately went away from me when I let her off leash and she... She was like sniffing around, just kind of yeah, moving around, checking, looking around, yeah, looking at things. And at a certain point, you know, she would start to come a little bit close to me, and I would just extend my hand as if saying, you know, would you like some loving? And I would just present my hand, and she would just look at it for a second and turn around and go away, continue her own Shelby things that Shelby (laughs) needed to do. And eventually, she started coming closer and closer. She'd come up to me and sniff me. And she would just kind of check me out, lick my hand, and then walk away. And I would let her do it. I didn't force anything on her. I'd present my hand. She'd come up, sniff it again, lick it. Maybe this time she would lay down next to me. And at that point, I would present my hand, and I would start to tickle her chin and pet her a little bit. And before you knew it, this dog that was staying away from me and not seeking me out was glued to me. Yeah, she would run to you <laughs> and offer lots of different body, and she would lay down right next to yeah. you, holding yeah. your hand. Yeah, yeah. she would hold my hand while yeah. we did tummy time together, yeah. and, and she was really sweet. And the funny thing is, is just like Ryder and Carmel, 
Masa comes into the yard. That's right. I was walking out the dog and came in. Yeah, and yeah. Masa comes and she sits down kind of close to where I was. And then Shelby started doing the same thing. And Masa allowed her to come up and sniff and leave. And then eventually she came up and actually went right into the laying down next to you. And she was like, oh, this human's like the same. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, bam, we're both there sharing love with her. It's beautiful. We got some nice pictures and videos of it. Funny thing is, is that it downpour like happened in the middle of that train. The rain, the Florida, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and it's like pouring buckets out there. And, you know, because at this point she still wasn't comfortable moving on a leash, you know, I'm trying to get her to get up so I can pick her up. And she's just like still lying there <laughs> on her back. Like when I meet a lover, Tommy, she's like, what? The rain's no big deal. Stay out here with me. <gasps> and so, yeah, we ended up having to scoop her up and bring her back inside. And, and we can talk more another day about, you know, ideas and procedures to use to help with getting a dog comfortable with a leash that's not quite so comfortable. But today we really wanted to speak more to um, the relationship building and building these behaviors in dogs that would help get them adopted. And one thing I want to say, after you put, uh, you and uh, Shelby went to Shelby's enclosure, Shelby started to approach you in the enclosure, which... I have never seen Shelby do it in the building. So what we did in the yard is transferring to the enclosure. Oh my gosh, that's 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 like a, a huge point that I totally forgot yeah. about. Is not only was she approaching us on her own, which she never done with anybody, but exactly like you're saying, she had toys inside her enclosure that she had never touched. Right. The because when people would bring her back to her enclosure, she would just lay in there and freeze. Mm-hmm. But yes, this time when we brought her back in. And we took her collar off. She was like grabbing toys and shaking them and bringing them yep. to us and jumping around. She was a normal puppy, exactly. you know, kind of behaving in that 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 good puppy way. Yeah. So you're right. That did have some amazing collateral outcomes. Yep. Yep. And we're working with Shelby right now. And then we would uh, continue to help her to get adopted and find her new family. Yeah. So so stay posted and, and we'll share the, the good news with yep. everybody when she finds her forever home. That's right. And this marks the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy the stories of Ryder, Carmel, and Shelby. We will soon upload Carmel's follow-up video and Ryder's video on our YouTube channel, so please check them out. And if you are interested in learning how to apply and implement constructional affection, the procedure that we use with Ryder and Carmel to teach how to ask for and receive affection from people that led to successful adoption, please join us for the Constructional Affection Group class, which starts on April 16th. And also check out and register for the third annual CALC conference. You can learn about the constructional program and their schedule on our website. And if you're interested in learning the constructional approach and its programming, please join the CALP membership. You can enjoy a 14-day trial for only $1. We will put all the links that we mentioned in the description below. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast or share it with your friend. And feel free to get more information or reach out to us on our website, caawt.com, or our Facebook page, Constructional Approach to Animal Welfare and Training, Instagram at NPO underbar CAAWT, or email us at caawtcontact at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today. We are your host. I am Masa. And I am Sean. 
Have a wonderful day with your amazing animal companion.